What's up, everybody? Welcome to the ALR GPA podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Rodriguez, with my co-host, GPA. Three-letter name, no dots. Three-letter name, no dots. <laughs> What's up, dog? <laughs> Chilling, man. How you doing this week? I'm all right, bro. Just been fucking busy right here at the pad, bro. Fucking demolishing Sound everything. Like you're about to cry, dog. You all right? I, I'm a little, I'm a little. I'm, 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 I've been there. It's been a little. Sound a little. Been a little fucking, a little hectic week. You know what I'm saying? You sound a little vulnerable. Put man. it this way, dog. I'm drinking. Make good, make good decisions. I always do. Hey, I'll hit you up before I make a decision. <laughs> I'm here. I charge now. Oh, I'm charging. Put it this way, dude. I'm drinking Starbucks right now. That tells you everything. Orale, yeah. Orale. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, man. How was your week? It was good, man. Productive. Very busy. Went super quick. Yeah. Um. Overall, everything's good. Family's healthy. Oh, yeah, you know, everybody else around us is healthy, so, yeah. you know, can't ask for anything else, man. Hell yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. That's what's up, man. Um, I know you're real happy right now with the damn Padres, huh? You bet him shoot. Come on, dog. 14 years since we've been in the playoffs? <laughs> like, straight up, bro. Damn. And we clinched against the, and we clinched against the Mariners? Damn. Where you guys see, ladies and gentlemen, he's a Mariners fan. So what I just did, I lyrically got my hand and I flicked his nipple and he didn't like it. <laughs> like, mm. Or maybe he did because he's laughing a long time. Yeah, anywho. Yeah, man. So I see <clears throat> from your Instagram, dude, I see you've been uh, getting some more vinyls. Yeah, bro. So I want to start something this week, dude. I want to call it like fuck it. We're going to call it this. I'm going to call it small business of the week. Yeah. Um, so over the last month, probably month and a half, uh, on Instagram, there's a local uh, record store. They're they're called Soul Shack, Soul Shack Records. Um, they're up in uh, Normal Heights off of Adams Avenue. And um, so what they do on on their Instagram page is that they post um, records, and they're saying, "Hey, this record by so and so. Here's what the front cover looks like. The back cover looks like. They put a snippet of the." Of this one of the songs that's famous on it, and then they'll show the labels. And then what you can do is you can the first person that comments sold can buy the record. So oh, over the last month, dude, like part of COVID, dude, like this cold COVID thing, dude. I, I you know I always collect the records anyways, but part of COVID, it's just kind of like that's the only thing I can do. Yeah. So and they take care of me, man. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Soul Shack Records. Uh, their address is thirty five thirty five Adams Avenue. Um, they're all open on Friday through Saturday from 12 to 8, and they're open on Sunday from 12 to 5. Um, if you're looking up on their Instagram, it's Soul Shack SD. Um, and it's dope, man. Shouts out to everybody out there, man. They take care of me. Um, they got a good record selection. They got a good variety of records. Um, they uh, they treat you good. They're cool people. They know their shit. They know what they got. So don't try to lowball understand the understand the business of vinyl and and it's pretty good man so i just want to shout out uh so shack sd on instagram small business of the week hell yeah, yeah that. hey they got the machiavellia uh they got the machiavelli vinyl there uh probably but i don't like i told you i don't look for that dog that's a CD to me. That's not a vinyl to me. That's a CD. I don't know why. I don't know why. That's just how I look at it, man. Yeah? Why are you going to do puck like yeah. that? Why are you going to do puck like that? Uh, dude, because I bought it on CD, homie. Hey, can you hear me? 
Yeah, I hear you perfectly. Okay, because fucking my, one of my fucking, uh, my AirPods is going dead, so I put one of them to charge, and I'm only talking through one. <laughs> orale, orale. Hey, so, um, what up? Now, I hear that you're a seasoned <laughs> podcast interviewee now, homie. Oh, nah. What's up, with, what's up with that? Oh, what's up man. with that? So, no, no, I'm some serious. I'm some serious. So, <laughs> I heard you were a guest on the podcast this week, man. What, what podcast was it? Yeah, man. I was on the podcast with the, the homeboy. Uh, the podcast is called Life with Johnny B. Good. And uh, I've known that cat through Instagram, and I had never met him. And uh, we chopped it up. We chopped it up on uh, um, on Instagram, and uh, we made plans. Oh, you know, we're going to be... I also, I want to get him on the show as well. And then he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, man, you got almost you know, definitely. He's got a he's got an interesting story, dude. Oh yeah. And he's like, I've been watching the shows. I listen to his shows. Everybody go listen to his show, man. He got some dope shit. And uh, he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, you want to be on the show? Are you busy? Are you available this day?" I was like, "Yeah." But I tell you what, dog, I was nervous as fuck because I never been on the other side of the microphone, dog. You know what I mean? Why are you nervous though? What are you nervous about? I don't that know. You, like that you're actually gonna have to ask a question. Yeah, no, like they're asking me question. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you did good, dude. I watched, I listened to them, watched the video, bro. Yeah, fuck, I didn't like the video because yeah. I look, I look like fucking eighty pounds heavier, dog. But well, you are. I'm really not like that big, okay? Yeah, but the hey, man, hey, yeah, dog. you are, dog. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, hey, dude. Hey, dog. It's okay to be a torta in this time and age, dude. I love tortas, dog. Right? Don't get me started. I know. That's why you're like. That's why we're like that. Yeah. All right, so cool. it's okay to be a torta in this time and age because the dad bod is in. From mm-hmm. What I heard. Mm-hmm. It's all about the dad bod, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like six packs and you know all that's yeah. thing of the past. It's we're it's our time now, dog. That's true. our time now. That's true. It's our time to shine. But yeah, bro, it was a dope ass interview, man. Hey, man, dope. Uh, homeboy got a dope ass setup. Very professional. Um, yeah. And uh, he collects vinyls as well, dog. Rare, very rare vinyls. That rare guy knows vi- his shit, bro. Yeah, bro. Um, we need to get you on that show too. We're gonna have to. Yeah, he it. um, def- no, definitely, man. He uh, I I, I uh, I met Johnny. Um, well, I I followed him for years on Instagram because my 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 friend Renee and him are club brothers. Yeah. Uh, Johnny's from Vijitos, North County, and my buddy Renee's from Vijitos, San Diego. So they know each other. That's how I met Johnny. Uh-huh. And I've always liked his car. He's got a badass lowrider, dude. He's got a Packard. Oh, really? Um, that's clean, dude. You got to check out his, uh, you got to check it out, dude. Oh, okay. And so um, I had talked to him probably early in the year. I want to say like February, January about starting a podcast. Not with him, but just how to go about doing it, you know? Uh-huh. And then kind of went and talked to him like I wanted to do a podcast, but didn't know how to do it, yada, yada, yada right? Yeah. And then, um, so I heard he had one, and he's been he's been picking up on it a little bit more and more over the last couple of months. So I have I you know, I, I, I subscribed to him on Spotify, so I listen to his podcast on there, and then I'll catch the video because uh, I like how he does that. Junior, bro. yeah, my homie Junior, shout out shout out Junior from now and ever. Yeah. He he was on there. And then I had watched like the two before that, so I just kind of been watching. Yeah. And then when you told me you were going on it, I was like, "Ah, oh, sick! That's dope, dude." Yeah, because I could finally get to see you in action, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> see if you're actually eating roll tacos while you while you do an interview. <laughs> yeah, but um, so but, it was it was a pretty good experience, bro. Like very uh, very easygoing guy. And um, yeah, we definitely got to get him on the show as well. So how did how did the how did how do you feel you did as an interviewee? Uh, you know what I'm saying you've been you've been on one side of the table now you've been on both sides of the table. I felt like I need to like, work on my on my when they ask me questions 
I say um too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you guys made a point of you guys made a point of saying that uh, quite a bit. In the yeah, podcast I noticed that. Yeah, like saying, um, <clears throat> but like you said, like it just it comes out natural, you know. And yeah. um, like when you're speaking with it's 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 funny, like when you're talking, like because the podcast is a conversation with somebody, but it's different. You have like I, I feel like the conversation is different once when there's no recording involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like conversations come out better when it's not being recorded. <laughs> Or maybe it's just me. Or it's not planned out. Or it's not planned out, but... Right, right, because we can just have a good straight hour of, of, of recording and talk about some good subjects that may not everybody want to hear, yeah. or not everybody should hear. And then when you go and actually try to record, your technology doesn't work, and we try and we just giggle for the next hour trying to figure out how to make it work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke, everybody. Speaking we had technical difficulties earlier, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, uh, but like I said, man, he has a good show. He has a good uh good following too, man. Very good following, very professional, oh, yeah, yeah. very professional. And uh, I would definitely go back on the show with him and uh, I can't wait to get him on the show with us, bro. We gotta lock it in, man. So definitely shot, gotta lock shout it out in. to the homeboy Johnny. Be good, man. He's real down to earth. Hey, hey, uh he 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 was wearing uh, all tribal, dog, and I'm like, oh shit, brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, he knows. Actually, uh, Johnny knows Bobby from tribal really good. So yeah, I guess uh, they hang around a lot. Yeah, but that's cool, um, man. so. Let me ask you this now. Now that you've been on both sides of the table, oh fuck. Which what? one would you prefer to do on a daily? Because I I, I see it. The interviewer mm-hmm. has a has some pressure. You got to keep it going. You got to yeah. keep keep things going. And then the interviewee. Mm-hmm. You gotta say what you're supposed to say, not sound like a dumbass and not say it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think you, I think you did really well. Yeah. Considering it was your first time and how you said it was nerve wracking for you. Yeah. But which one, which one would you prefer to do on a, over the other? Oh fuck! I'd rather be the interviewee, bro. I mean, I'd rather do the interview. No, okay. Rather be the host. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because I don't really have, to be honest, I don't really have like an exciting story. I got same I'm not trying to compare myself to others but same upbringing as a whole bunch of other motherfuckers you know what I mean so yeah. it's like put it like this like comparing the story like me and you have had me and you have had some similar stuff happen but you've had other stuff happen that I've never been through you know what I'm saying like yeah. your, your music career and what so so me I'm just like a fucking regular photographer you know like I could talk yeah, about but photography you, yeah but look at it this way, though. Look at it this way, though, Doc. Check, check. This is how I look at it. All right. Even though you and I have similar experiences. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how we connect. True. But there's also an individual out there listening, bro, that has a similar experience that may be struggling to do the everyday shit that you do. Right? You get up in the morning, go to work, support your family. Yeah. And have a hobby. Yeah. They are there. You have that individual that can relate to you on certain things whether it's the struggle or whether it's overcoming drug addiction whatever that is right yeah and they hear your story and are saying oh shit he's exactly like i am if he can get himself back on track I mean, then maybe i can yeah and maybe that starts to search for that that, that you know that starts that person actually searching for a, a difference you know what i mean something to something to do different yeah that you know what i mean so i don't point, I, when I hear when I hear someone say they don't have a story, everybody has a story, dog. True. You know, Brown Brown said it a couple of weeks, dude. Everybody has a story. Everybody's story unique. Your story is is not 
when you by you telling your story, it's not going to help you personally, bro. Let's yeah. be straight up. That's not going to help you personally. Yeah. But your story may help somebody that has a similar story and is struggling, and they need to find a they need to find a a window to get out, like something to look forward to. Or, but like you said, you said hey, it perfectly though. Like hope, man. Hope. We give that person hope. Like we've been like me and you, and a lot of other people. But for me and your, for mine and yours perspective, like we've hit fucking rock bottom, bro. Mm-hmm. And look at us now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We're doing good. We'll, you know, we're doing good. But we're it blessed. didn't happen overnight. No, it didn't happen overnight. Like me, I was hooked on my shit for like fuck years. You know what I mean? So it's just I don't know. Yeah. Like when you were, you know, when you had your, you know, your issue, your addiction and stuff, was it a long time? I, I was hooked. I, I was hooked half my life, bro. Okay. Yeah. So by the time I was 24. Uh-huh. I had already been doing it for 12 years. Oh, fuck, dude. That was half my life. Fuck. That, addi- that addiction started at a, at a too young of an age. Damn, bro. Okay. But you... And so it was something I struggled with off and on. Yeah. Yeah, by by getting tired of it and making a choice. Did you... And guess what? My choice didn't like... My choice didn't come overnight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did, did you I, did I what? Oh, when you quit, when you kicked, did you have to go to like any program or you just fucking kicked? You were a warrior so, like that. <laughs> so my family had tried to get me into programs. Yeah. Um at certain times in my life. Yeah. Um this was before the Hard Times album, so probably around 97, 98. Yeah. Um it was it was pretty bad, bro. It was to the point where my grandma um, she got a bunch of people from her church to sponsor me in this program. Okay. Um, the program was in East County in San Diego. Yeah. So what it was is that it was a drug rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. They had they had um, stints for 30, 60, and 90 days. And then they had 30, 60, and 90 days. And then they had six-month people. Yeah. Right? And mostly the six-month people were like court-appointed people. The, yeah. si- the, 30, the 30, 60, 90-day people were the ones that were privately paid for. Right? Yeah. So my grandma got a bunch of sponsors from her church. I don't know how many she got. She got a bunch of sponsors from her church for me and to get me into this program. So part of getting into the program, we went to like this, um, um, like an orientation. Yeah. I guess you can say. Yep. We go, you go see the spot. It's, it was like a farm, doc. So you go see the spot. You know, they got people taking care of the, the grounds and taking care of animals. You know what I mean? Getting out of their environment. It was like spiritually based. Um, rehabilitation, right? Yeah. And so part of that one, part of that orientation was to sit in this, in this hallway, and well, not hallway, but in this hall and watch a video yeah. about who they are. And then people got up and gave their testimonies. Okay. Now at this point, I want to make this clear: I am not down talking on anybody that's ever had a drug addiction and did whatever they needed to. They did. They, they ever they did whatever they needed. They they needed to, to do to get their drug. I'm not, I'm not downing them, but there's just the experience I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so my, my grandma and I are watching this video and there's, there's, there's people on there talking about, yeah, you know, I used to rob and I went to prison and I lost my entire family and, um, you know, um, you know, I, I OD'd or, you know, whatnot. So I'm hearing these stories and stuff and it's kind of like, wow, it's, kind of crazy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then somebody got up and said how they used to prostitute themselves 
to to get their drug right yeah and i was like i need to get out of here (laughs) and so this wasn't like i wasn't entering there i was just checking it out so we get in my grandma's car i told my grandma i was like hey like i'm not gonna go here she's like why not i said they're not like me i'm not gonna do it and she's like well what do you mean and i'm like i've never like Never had a I never had to do like crazy shit to get the dope. Yeah, like I never had to. Like I, I'd hustle to 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 feed my addiction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, like grandma, to like I told her, I told her nana, like I didn't never sold my body, and she looked at me. She goes, you better not have, because I'll whoop your ass. Like, dude, it was like totally like some some funny shit, right? And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not going there. So I let him not going to the program. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I probably should have. Um, because after I left there, it, my, it just like, I turned everything on full force, dude. Like I'm going to do it more now. Oh fuck. So, so it was kind of bad. So it was kind of like in a bad way, it kind of, uh, it fucked. Yeah. It was just cause I knew it was like, Hey, you know what? The end is coming. Not necessarily my demise, but the end of this time is coming. So let me just do as much as I can and get it out. Right. Yeah. So that was 97. So 2000. One, two thousand. Well, let's go back. I get my job in '98. Yeah, and part of the thing that I wanted to do was because my wife was pregnant, and I needed. And I gave my word I was going to take care of her. I was like, okay, I got to stay sober for eight hours. Yeah, I can't get fired. I can't lose this job. Fuck. So I go to work. Yeah, and I stay clean for eight hours. And at the time, I didn't have a car, so I was taking the trolley. So I had an hour and a half trolley ride to and back from work, right? Yeah. And so I'd get on the trolley, go to work, be clean for eight hours. I'd get back on the trolley, and then I'd hit, once I'd hit Euclid trolley, trolley station, Yeah. That was, my, that was my decision point. Do I go straight home, or do I go get high? And probably for the first year, year and a half, I went and got high. And so then... I would get, you know, I would get off of work at 3, 3.30. I hit the Yuka trolley station around 4.30, 4.45. And then I wouldn't get back to my pad until 10, 30, 11. Fuck. And then I'd stay up all night and do it all over again. Shit. And then it got to the point, bro, where just like a, about a year later, year and a half later, my daughter's born. And it's just like, I'm done. I'm tired. So one day, you know, eight hours went to 16 hours, went to two days, then I messed up and then I started all over again Yeah. and I was good for like two weeks and then I messed up and then I started all over again and I was good for like a month, month and a half and then I messed up. So it was just a, it was an ongoing battle that I had for a while. This was kind of what I was going, this is what exactly what I was going through during the Street Poetry album. I knew a whole bunch of people that had addictions and they got real sick. You know, I had one of them that passed away. And, but from how you tell it, man, you were a fucking warrior, bro. Like you didn't need nothing, you know? Fuck. I, I did though. I mean, let's be real. It hurt. It wasn't like, Hey, one day I'm good. And one day I'm not dude. Like I, 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 my body suffered a lot through that transition. Right. I imagine I went to work and I come home, I would eat and I'd sleep the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Were you were you living with your wife at the moment, or yeah, we were together. 
We're together. Oh, okay. She knew. Okay. She knew I was trying to change. Yeah, she wouldn't have been there if I wasn't. Okay. Um, and then, and then you know, um, and then and you know, just trying to, you know, feed my body what it's been deprived of. Because when I was on a binge, bro, we're talking like it was seven months at a time. Damn. You know, me Brown said he said. Remember what Brown said in the interview was like he looked, he looked like I was gonna lose him because pretty much that's what was gonna happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Was there was there ever times when you fucking went missing and nobody knew where you were at? Was it like that bad too? Um, nobody ever knew where I was at. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like I was out of my house, my mom and dad's house when I was 17. Yeah. And I never really went back. So there'd be times where my parents didn't know where I was at for a couple of days, or my grandma wouldn't, wouldn't know where I was at for a week, and my aunt wouldn't know where I was at for a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn. I'd come back. I'd always come back. I wasn't like, it wasn't like I went to these like crack, you know, crack houses. Nah, dude, I was partying. Like we were, we were partying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. My life wasn't like that. You know, there was a point where I did get to a point where I'd go to a place and the same place I went to every time we, you know, get my smoke on or whatever, but, um, nothing to that level though. Nah, bro. Uh, uh-uh. nah, nah, like had- that. I had a homie I, that was I had a homie that was hooked, bro, and like that motherfucker was good. Like he'd go missing for days, and his mom would call me, and he'd be like wandering the street, like two, three in the morning. You know what I mean, like that. Yeah, I was one of the dudes, man. Like when I was when I was getting high, I didn't want to go out. Yeah, I'm trying to smart, I'm trying to stay at, I'm trying to stay at home and and you know what I'm saying like I'm trying to stay home, write raps or fix his TV. Yeah, <laughs> I mean at the end of the day, that's what it was. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's when I really be. I think that's when I really became started becoming a hermit towards the end, where I just didn't want to go anywhere anymore. Okay, you know, and then you fucking and then one thing one thing that happens when you when you kick and you start not doing drugs, you fucking your weight just balloons, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just started getting really heavy till my son died. Oh, okay, like I was I was pretty good. I mean, I was not in, not in the shape that I want to be, but I wasn't fat. And then when my son passed away, like I gained, I got as high as like 215 and I've never after that gotten under 200. So now it's just kind of been a struggle for me. And it's just cause I like food. Yeah. You know, I ain't going to lie. I don't me eat too. like I should. Yeah. Um, don't exercise like I should. So, Damn. Um, but you know, it is what it is. That's part of that. That's part of that story. So that's what I'm saying, dog. Like, your story doesn't necessarily have to be extravagant and be like, whoa, like your story could just be as simple as a, as a person. And you, you touch that one button and it's like, I could do it too. Yeah. Like I relapsed twice, bro. You know what I mean? And yeah. If you want, if you want to count relapses, dog, I relapsed like 47. Yeah. I relapsed. You know, funny thing is that I relapsed. <clears throat> I start, I relapsed my last time when the Eminem album came out, relapsed. Oh, Okay. So I felt like that album, I have a special connection with that album because everything that he talked about in that album, I went through it, you know, like yeah. I wasn't even doing, I wasn't even popping no more to feel better. I was just doing that shit to keep from getting sick. Yep. And that shit fucked me up. You know what I mean? And then my nephew, my nephew, my son, he died, you know, and that shit even worse. You know what I mean? So it's like fucking tragedy, bro. Like you try to numb it out, but <coughs> the higher it's on, bro, like it's, it's still there, you know? 
Yeah, I think my it wasn't for me. It wasn't even tragedy, bro. My just is my reality. Yeah, but, my reality of just just not not being who I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but um, you were on a damn. You were on two podcasts, man. You're like a hot commodity, bro. Yeah, this <laughs> last this last month. Um, so the first one I did earlier in the end of the end of August, early September. Oh, it was end of August. I did it. Yeah, um, it was for the Dalegas Confidentials. Yeah, uh, that's with Mahomi Wicho and Chicle and Beto Perez from ninety five point seven. They have a podcast that they do monthly, and that podcast uh, hits different either social issues or topics uh, for the month. So they chose me for September because it's uh, it was Suicide Awareness Month, and so the episode I'm on is called Surviving Suicide. And for those of you that don't know, because I'm being open about it, uh, my eldest son, the one I talked about in an earlier podcast, he passed away from an accidental suicide. So um, I talked about the inc- I talked a little bit about my childhood. I talked a little bit about my career, and then I talked about the incident and how my family had to rebuild after that. So it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy story. Uh, it's took me. It'll be eight years in December. My son passed. So. It's taken me eight years to really open up and talk about it. Um, it's not an easy subject for me to talk about. So I, again, I felt that my story, just like I was telling you, I felt that my story and my family's story needed to be heard. So that way it may reach somebody that's struggling with the same situation. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That there is hope. There is a chance to, and I'm not going to say be normal, but there's a chance to live again. Right. And um, so maybe getting out of my comfort zone and hitting the subject that I rarely talk about and, and share it could possibly touch somebody or their family or even somebody that's thinking about, you know, trying to take their own life or playing games with their life. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's real. And there's, there's people that love you and, um, everybody's affected by it when you leave without saying yeah. goodbye. So, yeah. Yeah, bro. Like uh, it's, it's tough, bro. I, 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 you know, I, you know, I've suffered that as well close to home and uh, that shit is like the what ifs always kick in you know and um, all, all the time at least, man. In my case, at least in my case like uh, we all handle it differently all like, the time my, my son would have been 20 this year yeah see you know this time of the year is hard for me because um his birthday is november and the anniversary of his death is december yeah. and it's the holidays and it's just kind of it's just hard it's been hard it's been hard every eight years so i kind of mentally prepare myself leading up to it so that way i can support my family and function through it yeah and with that being said like you know it's close back to back you know what i mean like my son his birthday is november 4th you know and he died november 28th so when that when everybody was out i always said that like when everybody was out buying christmas presents i was out picking out his casket to send him home you know so like that shit is like so Actually, here's here's our here's our here's another one of our connections. Yeah, my son's birthday is November third, and he was gone December fifth. See, like it's, and I so buried. I, I get it. I get it. And I buried him. I buried my son the following week. Yeah, I buried my December son. December thirteenth. I buried my son December seventh, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, so, and it's yes. just crazy. Hey, you know what is crazy, dog? Um, when he was alive, like when son was alive. Dude, that's when the Raiders were going through like that horrible episode where they couldn't beat the Chargers. Yep. 
And bro, when they played that, it was after he had passed, and they played in the Raiders won, bro. Like I swear, I swear to you, bro. Like I, as soon as they won, bro, like I broke down fucking crying, bro. Yep. Because yep. it was so emotional for me that we wanted this for so long, and then he wasn't here to enjoy it with me. Yep. You know what I mean? I yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So it like whatever when you talk about it like you know how you were talking about on the show like you were expressing yourself like I I, I, I felt like I'm like oh man like you said I, I could relate to that you know yep and it's just it's 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 just something it's just crazy tell me a little bit more about the podcast like your experience like what you so, felt so it was pretty cool man it was kind of my first podcast interview outside of here outside of the yeah. ALRGPA podcast um, yeah. So I was, I was a bit nervous And I was also nervous about the subject um, So um, They recorded at Esquina Vintage and Coffee Shout out mm-hmm. to Esquina Vintage and Coffee um, They have a good little setup dude So they have like the um, What is it the H6 H7 Zoom Yeah Yeah I want to get that dude So they have that set up And they have the, You know we're all Excuse me Socially distanced and whatnot, And um, It's a good it's a dope podcast because two of them are, ed- well, I think all three of them are educators at one point. Uh, two of them are DJs. Two of them are still current educators. Uh, two of them are activists. So they, they're, it's a, it's a group of three guys and they're, you know, they're constantly like involved with the community, involved with art. Like it's, it's a good, it's a good dynamic dude. So shout out to Chicle and, and Wicho and Bethel, man. Cause they like, again, they, um, They've had these different episodes, and every episode has kind of just been different, and talked and talked about a certain thing. Um, they had, you know, growing up lowrider, where they had my homie Renee talking about growing up in the lowrider community. Um, they had my buddy Miguel uh, from La Vuelta talking about his experience being in the military and life after the military and the struggles that he overcame. Um, so it's been a they're pretty they're pretty dope. Uh, pretty dope episode so if you guys check them out they're on spotify and soundcloud um called the dialogas confidentials and hey, then um, um what's up i was gonna i was gonna ask you a question okay. uh you opened up you opened up a lot during that podcast show mm-hmm. you know you, you talked about your personal you know your personal tragedy and what so had that been the first time that you ever opened up about that or just your close circle knew about it but nobody else did that's the first time I opened up about it in the last okay. eight years. Yes. Okay. To my circle, my circle knows yeah. my my circle knows the story because they were there. They don't yeah, know. Yeah, they don't what... know. They don't know like specific details. Yeah, but they know they because they were there to support me, and they've they've yeah. just been supporting me all these years. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant to say. Like, but like you know, my family, we talk about it all the time. Um, not in not in super detail about the day. We just talk about we talk about my son. You know, there's pictures here. You know, or hey, we're we gonna go see him this week. You know, we're, we're we always talk about him. Um, I don't really yeah. talk about the that time yeah. because it's to me. I don't celebrate that day, right? Yeah, that's not a day yeah, I celebrate. Yeah. I celebrate his birthday. I don't celebrate his day. I don't celebrate the day he passed. Um, so okay. I just I just don't do it. We go to work. We go to work every year. You know what I mean? If someone decides that they can't make it to work that day, then we all stay home. Nobody stays by themselves. Yeah. So, but now it was, it felt good though. I felt really, um, 
I don't know. I felt like inspired like, to share yeah. my story more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but they ate, like, checks out. It sounds kind of weird, but me, I got, because they used to call my nephew, my son, my nephew, my son, bro. They used to call him Nano. Mm-hmm. Like, Nano. And on my arm, I have this tattoo that says Nano, but, bro, like, I, I got the tattoo that said Nano, and then on the top, I put the date that he got into his accident, which was 5108. And then on the bottom, I put 112810 is when he died. So it's kind of like weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. People look at me like, where the fuck you get that tattooed on you? I don't know. Yeah. You know? So, I, it's just me because the circumstances are a little different than yours. <coughs> yeah. Um, I try not to relive that day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I like me the day that he that that accident happened. Like I try. I try to block that day. And you know, the fucked up thing is like, my mom still stays in, on that street. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Like, yeah. No matter where I go, like, like, I, like no matter where I go, bro, like I still fucking see it, you know? Yep. But yeah, bro, like, it, it, I, so you felt good, man. Like expressing yourself. Did you feel like it was like, it was like a weight off your chest, bro? Like you could. No, I felt inspired. I don't uh-huh. want, I don't feel every day. I don't feel like there's a weight on my chest. I don't feel that. No. No, I don't. Oh, okay, I, I do. I've worked. Do. I've worked past that. Um, I've worked past it internally. I've worked past it with my wife. I've worked past it with my my kids. You know, um, how'd you not, do that? Just mentally, bro? Or? No, yeah, I had to. I had to go talk to somebody, bro. Yeah, I, I had to go talk. I to talked somebody. to somebody, bro. I talked to somebody, and it, it it shit don't work, dude. Well, that I would. You're very. Um, Okay to have your opinion. Um, yeah, that's um, I, I I I think that's kind of messed up that you didn't have a good experience with that. Um, yeah, for me, um, it worked. It didn't work the first time. I had a, yeah. I had a, I had to change uh, people that I talked to, counselors that I talked to for a couple times. The best yeah. the best advice that I was given was link up with a person that you feel comfortable with. Don't think it's personal when you say, or you or you don't go back and see them, or you go see somebody else. Yeah, you just got to get. You, there has to be a fit, and I was able to find a fit. Um, That's fucking nuts. And so, and again, like when I went in there, my intention was, hey, I'm going through this. How do I fix it? Right. Yeah. But that's not even how the the conversation went, bro. Yeah. I to this day I haven't even touched that subject. Yeah. It's so tell me a little bit about your childhood. And I don't know if they read me or how how it is, but I have a lot of issues that I had as a kid that felt more heavy than my son's passing. Um, and it's not that I forget about them and it's not that I um, block it out and don't deal with it. It's just I've learned to get up and be able to be an example to my other kids that life can go on. Um, there was also a book. That I was uh, suggested that somebody suggested I read. Um, it, yeah. It's a book called uh, "Unfuck Yourself," <laughs> um, and so this book talks about um, it talks about um, like as people that go through incidents that are traumatizing, like a death in the family or something like that, right? Well, it's it speaks specifically about that, um, and you know how like as people when they grieve. You know, 
it's Christmas time. I should be celebrating, but I should. But why am I celebrating? Because my loved one's not here, right? And you can get yeah. in a pattern. You can get in a pattern that will make life very difficult for you. And so when you make life difficult for you, you land up either self-imploding, really hurting yourself, hurting others. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a way to say it's okay to smile at this day because they would want you to smile. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it 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 just helps you to to to, to kind of experience things that could, that you can enjoy. Because if I mean, man, music music's my life. Music's my love. I sometimes at the beginning I felt guilty still liking certain stuff because my son's not here, dude. Like. You know what I'm saying? So the book, the yeah. book, the full title of the book is called "Unfuck Yourself: Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life." <clears throat> into your life. Yeah. Um, so it was a real good book. So oh. the, you know, it, it's just stuff that you got to work on a day to day basis, brother. Well, it's been fucking for me. It's been like ten years, bro. Next. And your journey is not my journey. Like, yeah, like it's fucking like this day, like till this day, like it, I feel like it's my fault that shit happened. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if I would have picked them up. It wouldn't have happened. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But again, so if my journey is not your journey. Your journey is to find out who you are to help you along your journey. Yeah. Because it, it, it that, that that what you're dealing with right there, bro, maybe something that that has nothing to do with that incident because it's just a reaction or a byproduct for that incident. What if it's something yeah. that you experience that you blocked out, that you haven't dealt with, that makes it difficult for you to deal with this here. I mean, I'm, we're going to get deep into shit, dude, but it's, it's, it's reality, brother. Yeah. And a lot of people go through it, you know, they are going through and, it. And, you know, and a lot of Mexican-Americans refuse to go to talk to somebody because it feels a sign of weakness. Yeah. You know? Or to or to cry. Or to about cry about it. it. You, know, you know, I just wanted to do something different because I felt that if I did what I knew, I wouldn't be here yeah. eight years later, which was for when I'd, I'd go get high. That's what I. That's the only thing I've ever done when I've gone into situations like that. But I chose not to. And it's, it was a choice that I made, and I, I didn't think about it again. I didn't second guess it. To this day, I still don't second guess yeah. it. So, yeah, like I've, I've had times shit where I'm sleeping and my wife wakes me up because I'm fucking crying in my sleep. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Or I'm driving and a song comes on and I just start bawling out because I think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit. It's, it's, we don't get I, I'm not over it and I'm trying to learn how to cope with it yep. you know so yeah but yeah bro this it, it, it's so to anybody out there that's going through this or it's feeling like this like go talk to somebody and it doesn't make you any less of a person and don't settle for just anyone to talk to if you don't feel don't settle for just anyone you don't feel, to talk feel comfortable to. for the person that you're talking to ask for somebody else ask for somebody else and don't and it's gotta be how should I put it like don't a lot of people say, oh, I got friends I could talk to. No. no, you can't talk to your friends. No. You got to talk to somebody who doesn't know you. Because if you talk to people that know you, they'll be like, oh, this and that, this and that. Or, no, you got to go. They, or they can help. be slightly judgmental towards you. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's not fair. So anybody going through that out there, go get help. It's okay to ask for help. Amen to that. Amen to that, bro. So you were on the second show, <laughs> and that show was like... That show was like, man, you were on there with the with the Aztec tribe, and yeah, man. So you been you go way back with them. Yeah, I've known the tribe since '94. 
So okay. I've known him for some years. Um, so I was on. I was asked to be a side guest on yeah. uh, Boom Bat Meets the G Shit podcast. Yeah, that's on LiquidRadio.com uh, every day to, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Um, okay. So they did a an interview of Acid Tribe telling their story, which was I thought was pretty dope because they don't do interviews like that. Um, and then I yeah it's- yeah. And then I was asked to come on as a special guest, and they wanted to talk about my experience in the early days uh, being in the same studio with them, and then also my music career. I shouted out to our podcast. Um, it was it was yeah, a pretty cool, dope experience, man. They had a nice little setup there. Um, a lot of stories that I heard from Astro Tribe's story that I didn't really know. Uh, the main one that I barely found out, you know, what thirty years later. On their Dago Town uh, song, where you have the the voice saying from San Diego, California, that's that's me, yeah. Gene Okerlund from WWF or WWE, saying that. Yeah, I didn't, I know, didn't that. know that. I didn't know that at all. What the fuck? So, um, yeah. So they were, you know, they were talking about like I guess the Dago Town and all that was recorded up in Oceanside, and I didn't know any of that. So I thought it was a pretty good, pretty dope story. I could have just been good with that and not even gotten involved, but you know. Um, you know, seeing the gaff asked me to to um to show up. Shout outs to DJC and DJ DeGaff um to you know to be a part of it and they played a they played a, a little snippet of street poetry, asked me about my early experience in the studio, uh, asked me about my my music and it was pretty dope, man. It was good. I was very grateful to be a part of it, man, and you know, they show love and it is what it is, man. You know, we had our differences back in the day, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's over. It was over, you know. Yeah, that, that was good shit. And that's and that's actually that's actually pretty cool, bro. Like it's it shows a sign of uh, maturity. Yeah. Be men. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, what I mean? we talked about it like straight up. First day I saw them mm-hmm. again. That's the first thing we said. And you know what's crazy? Really? Yeah, what's crazy is some of the problems that I had they were unaware that I had problems about that oh a lot of it a lot of it's assumption yeah you know so it was all good man it's been all love ever since um did you kind of feel weird when you started talking to them again no because I know what my intentions are right um I wasn't afraid of going in the situation either you know I roll, I roll solo everywhere, so it was it was just like okay, I'm gonna go here, and this is me, and oh check this out. When this you, is here. Hey, what up, man? Good to see you. Been a long time. So when they when you when you saw them because you saw um what's it um uh, uh was it at you were at Target man, you, that you was Madman Man yeah so you see you saw you saw Madman first oh yeah I saw I I got I got back in touch with Madman I think it was like in 2011. It was yeah. in 2011 that I got back with Matt. I got back in touch with Matt Man. And, and you saw him, and then you guys talked. Yeah. And then did he tell you like, "Hey, man, come by, come by"? No. So we hung and- out for a while, and I guess he was just. I guess we were feeling each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, like, because you know there was a big gap between the time me and Madman spoke. It had been almost over 20 years. Right. Okay. So it was what. Uh, 
probably like 15 because it was like 96. Yeah, it was about 90. It was 96 the last time I had saw him to 2011. Damn, bro. To 2011. Wow. So over 15 years. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you guys never saw each other. Like you never ran into anybody from the tribe. Nobody. No. Like, you just. No, I had seen. Ooh. I had seen some from. I had like I was telling Clown. I had seen him at a store one day. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, look who's here. I told my wife, take the babies to the car. I'm going to go talk to this guy. Let's see what's up. And so I, I took them to the car, went back in the store, and I couldn't find them. I had no ill will. I was going to be like, hey, what's up, man? And if he felt a certain way, I didn't want my kids to see that, you know? Uh, yeah. That's the same way I approached Madman. Um, I didn't know how he was going to react or what, what, you know, what the feelings were. So I told my wife and my kids, like, hey, just go over there. and I, I want to talk to him. You know, this yeah. this was a part of my life, bro, that, that I really needed to to have some closure on. Yeah. Like I told you my story, a lot of it was personal, it had nothing to do with music. It's just my personal yeah. so, feeling split over into my music. So when you saw all of them again, it was like it was like, Hey, what's up? Like just Yeah. What's up? How you doing? Yeah, when I seen Stuff when like I that, seen uh, um when I seen Madman, I was like, What's up, bro? He looked at me, he didn't recognize me at first, and he was like, GPA? And I was like, yeah, what's up, man? How you been? And he gave me a hug. It was all love. Um, yeah. Clown, same thing. And, you know, Shades. And I, I had seen all them in kind of different um, different circumstances. And then we finally kicked it all together yeah. at once. Um, but, yeah, we talked. We, we let, I let them know what's up. And a lot of them were like, I didn't even know that. Oh, cool. I didn't even know that either. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's all love now. Yeah, it's all bro. Love. And that's that's fucking dope, bro. Like that, that shit is like, especially after everything, to be. I mean, able to sit at, down with at, those people. At least and, on my end, I can't. Like again, I'm not gonna talk on other situations that have. At least on my end, really nothing really happened. There was no confrontation. It yeah. was all. It was just a couple of diss tracks and done with. Hey, bro. They weren't just diss tracks. Bro. No, no. But that, <laughs> to me, that's what they were, though. Right, it's just for me. It was yeah. a couple of diss tracks. Nothing split into the, nothing uh, spilled over to the street. Nothing like that. Was, did they ever? Did they ever reply to you? Um, I hit him up about it. I told, um, I told clown. I go, why'd you diss me and kill it in me on Desperado City? He's like, what? I said, hey, you, you diss oh, me. Oh shit, bro. Fuck. No, it wasn't. No, it, no, it was not. It was. Is it killing me? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, hey. Fly dissed me and killing me. Yes, bro. And he did it though. Oh. He didn't know. It was just where my mind was at. Because at the time when he, I, I was smoked out, he says a line something about something stuck in your pipe dreams. I was like, oh, you want to diss me? And then yes. on the title track, Desperados, Clown goes, and some say we're better than Doc Holiday. And I was calling myself Doc Holiday. I was like, oh, we're going to go there, huh? And that's when that's when the other shit yeah. came out after that, bro. And I, I, I even told you like now I feel kind of weird because I remember I told you like, hey, I like the on the on the Aztec Tribe Desperados. This is like my favorite song, me. the killer yeah. me. <laughs> and I thought about it when I was listening to it. I'm like, are they fucking talking about GP? But I didn't want to ask. Not them. all of it. Not, not all now, of it was towards me. It was towards a couple other people. Yeah, but. but yeah, Part yeah, of it yeah, was towards me. Like, yes. Yeah. God damn, I'm good in fucking. But it's all good, down. man. I mean, like, you know, it's all love. I ain't tripping. They should have. That's a dope. 
Hey, that's a dope. I wouldn't though. expect I anything like less. If you don't reply back, yeah, you know, like it's not even worth uh, it, huh? <laughs> hold on. It's like bird. It's like Birdman, bro. That fool never responds to anybody's beast because you can't get anybody <laughs> to write him a diss track. Oh, uh, no. Ghostwriter. I thought that fool wrote. I thought that fool wrote his own shit. I hope not. I, I I have a feeling there's some there's some Chicano rappers out here that don't write their shit. I don't know. I've never met anybody that hasn't. Oh, I could. I have a feeling there's a few out there that don't write that don't write their shit. And on some ser- on I could just on tell the serious that. shit they'll do. Like everybody that I've ever worked with, I've been around. I've never seen anybody have a ghostwriter. No oh, shit. So, like, what's the like what's the fastest song you've ever written? I'm not asking what song, but like the, in time wise, like what's the fastest song you ever written? Like, bah, 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 bah. You fucking just boom. Street poetry. You wrote that shit like quick, quick. First try. No shit. Bro. Yeah. Because I no, the, know, the, the only thing I didn't candy. write. Um, uh huh. And that one sitting was the hook. Uh-huh. Okay. But I wrote all three verses. Right you know how... It was like writing a letter, bro. Oh, yeah. shit, bro. Like, that's dope as fuck, bro. Because you know how Pac used to just go in there and fucking drop mm-hmm. a song? Like four or five songs mm-hmm. a day? Like, like were you... Were you able to do that? No. Like if... Like if no. Were, no, I wasn't a... I, if I needed to be a quick writer, I would. But when my at least my own personal projects, I want to take my time and listen to it because I'm a very I'm a very yeah. um, very critical of lyrics and how they're put together and what they say and if they make sense and if they don't make sense, do you make it make sense? You know what I'm saying? Double entendres yeah. and metaphors and analogies. Like I'm into that that kind of shit. So um, I would never repeat a lyric. In any of my songs, um, I if I ever did, I stop and have to rewrite it. If I was writing a song yeah. and say I was two and a half verses deep into it, and you walked up and you started reading it on the paper, I'd tear it out of my book and throw it in the trash to start over without you seeing it. Yeah, I won't well, let anybody see my stuff yeah. until I recorded it. Yeah. Not even reading no. it or nothing. Are you? Are you able to? Are you like? Freestyle? I just freestyled. Like I just freestyled, I just freestyled oh, yeah. uh, when I did that podcast with the Boom Bat Music G shit. They didn't catch it on camera, but we, we did a round of freestyle in there. Yeah, no fun. way! I still really? bust a freestyle. Huh. I just got to be in the right element, dude. I got to be around rappers. I mean, like, I don't need to be around the crowd. I won't be around lyricists because then that means I got to show. I got to show. I got to show you what size my shoe is. I mean. Oh, okay. 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 We learned something yeah. today. Yeah, damn, bro. And, I, crazy, and it's funny bro. too because I'm here at my yeah. house and I make songs about my dog all day long. Seriously, <laughs> dude, it's funny. Oh shit, your dog! Like, does your dog follow you everywhere you go, or is it like who does it's he follow? A, it's the a most? she. She's a French bulldog, and yeah, she follows me everywhere. Oh, me when I'm home, she follows me a she lot. Follows. Or my daughter. That's my daughter's dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just a oh, hand okay. that feeds her. <laughs> yeah, like if I. Yeah, if like I'm eating something, dog. dude, she's right next to me trying to see if I can give her any. Oh, yeah. They, they stand in and they yep. just look at you, huh? Get out of here. Yep. Yeah, my dog, dude. My dog's a fucking... 
I got a German Shepherd, bro. This smart dog. Like a fucking. Bro, a little too smart, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even, like, when my wife when my wife was pregnant, like, I can't even get near her, bro. That's nuts. Because that fool would try to bite me. That's shit. crazy. They try to bite me, bro. That's crazy. But yeah, bro, fucking. That's crazy, bro. That was a pretty, so it was a pretty good experience. Yeah, man, they were very in, professional. So in, they, you know, they, they've, they've interviewed some heavy hitters in the hip hop game, dude. Like, you know, their, their guest the week before that was MC8. Um, they've done DJ Aladdin yeah. from uh, Low Profile. Um, yeah, they did. Um, they had, um, they have King T, the Alcoholics. Um, yeah. Dude, they've had some good ass interviews, bro. Like, yeah, jail, jail felony, felony, no? Um, Compton Menace, I think. Yeah. Dude, they've had like pretty good guests, dude, and a variety all over the place. I think they had Tony A on there. Um, Soren Baker, they had that dude Soren Baker on there, I believe. So it, it's it's a good podcast, dude. Um, they both know how to um, hype the hype up the podcast. DJ DeGaff has this um, like the sampler and. Throughout the interview, he's all, ooh, ooh, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, he's yeah. funny, dog. His little oh, sound yeah. effects. <laughs> this is dope, dude. It was a dope experience, yeah. dude. It was a pod- It was a very um, chill, professional podcast. They definitely knew what they were doing yeah. as far as the technical side. Um, and, you know, they knew where they wanted to go, the direction. It was pretty dope, man. I, I enjoyed it. And hopefully That's- one day I can be back to tell, you know, my, my whole story. Oh, that'd be dope, bro. Yeah, hey man, like I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it out there, bro. I'm gonna put it out there, man. I would like to, I would like to see you on the Tony A show, bro. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would be that would Rotom Radio. I would like to see you on that. Bro. Maybe one day it'll happen. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's not my it's not my time right now. That's how I look at it.